Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, again standing in for Fergus Craig, and I'm joined on the phone by Dave Watson. Hi, Paul. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, not bad. What have you been up to since the last pod? Interestingly, you should ask, Dave, because I don't know if you've seen this yet. Last time, for those of you who listened, we were talking about potential takeovers and we were rubbishing the idea of Mark Zuckerberg. I can't remember if we actually said there's no way on earth that'll happen. Yeah, I said there's no fucking chance. Why? What have you read? Well, on it's on Twitter, so this has to be taken with a pinch of salt, but it's... I can't remember who it's from. It's on news now, but I can't remember which news source. But it's basically saying Mark Zuckerberg has responded to the links with Newcastle. And a statement has right. said, the Newcastle Natter is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.newcastlepodcast.com. So maybe there is something in it, Dave. I mean, that sounds pretty... Yeah, much more positive than I was expecting. Yeah, he's on board. Speaking <laughs> of on board, we are all aboard the visit of Palace. That doesn't make sense. Palace are coming to Newcastle <laughs> this weekend. Ah, you Stop twat. trying to be slick. <laughs> yeah, Palace home. Yeah, um, we've, got, uh, we've got a decent record against them. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't have it to hand, but um, I'm always fairly confident when Crystal Palace meet Newcastle United I remember, home or away. I can't remember, it was a few years ago now, me and Fergus went up for the one of the Palace games, one of the worst games ever, and we we totally undeservedly nicked it in the last minute, I think, and won 1-0. And it was, mm. we, were, we were there with one of my best mates who's a Crystal Palace season ticket holder and he's still not forgiven us for our reaction to him outside the ground. <laughs> the point where I saw him at a party at the weekend and he was still moaning about it. <laughs> this is four years on. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I think we've totally within our rights to do that. Yeah. Um, especially against Palace. I know well, you say this, I, I felt a lot more confident about this game before Palace's game against Chelsea last weekend because they hadn't scored in their first seven games and lost each one and the kind of thinking was Chelsea would carry that on and then you thought maybe they might score against us but yeah they beat Chelsea 2-1 and deserved to as well yeah um, I don't know how much of that was complacency and how much of it was um, because what Palace has they've got like three or four match winners you know they've got three or four who players who on their day can magic a goal out of nothing and I think Zaha had his had his game and yeah. I think he really he caused Luis a lot of problems but I also think part of it is Chelsea wouldn't have gone there wouldn't have played Crystal Palace 
and set themselves up defensively. They would have played and been encouraged to go and attack. Well, Benitez doesn't really do that. I know that we were a little bit more attacking against Southampton, but not much. And I don't believe that we're going to do that against Crystal Palace at home because I think getting three points on the board at home is much more important than... um, yeah, I don't think we're going to go attacking against anyone. If we didn't against West Ham at home, we're not going to do it against Crystal Palace. But I can't see them coming on coming on to us either. I mean, they've not really got a fit striker at the minute. Against Chelsea, they played Zahar and Townsend both up front. Yeah, did actually and, seem to work and, quite well for them because they were able to just press everywhere. Yeah, and with, with Hodgson, the one thing you know you're going to get out of a Hodgson side going to be well drilled at the back it's not going to be pretty yeah. it's all about shapes it's all about formation they're going to know how to defend it's not that so, different to a Benitez team really but you'd it's hard to say who's got the better personnel well I think Palace have got like so Christian Benteke I know he's not available but Benteke is much better than Hosselu I think that Zaha is better than Atsu yeah I think that Townsend and Richie. Not much difference, but Townsend proven at a higher level, I would probably say. Yeah. But I wouldn't swap yeah. Matt Richie for him. No, um I think that uh I mean we're the kind of we're the kind of team that most teams are gonna find it difficult to score against um because of the way we set up. So if they're playing with without their main striker, if they're playing with Zaha and Townsend again we know what Townsend's going to do. He's going to run down the right He's going to come onto his left foot, as he always does. Yeah, he's going to... Exactly. So if we know that's what he does, then we can plan for it. And while, you know, that one trick he's got is very, very good, it doesn't always come off. I think... Um, I don't know. I just... I, I, I agree that I would have preferred them to get an absolute shooing off Chelsea and really, you know, lose, lose even more self-belief. I just wish they still had De Boer. This is the problem with the amount of money in the Premier League now means that managers are getting sacked too quickly when they've got us coming up a few games after. (laughs) Which doesn't quite seem fair. Um, No. I think we'll we'll be all right. I really do. I think we'll win. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game because I don't think either side do that. What I'd like to see... Because um, in the previous part, I, I was going to mention something about Dwight Gale because he came on and didn't really do anything. But oh, it sounds yes. like he was having like a thigh problem. Yeah, apparently he is injured. Impossible. Yeah. I'm not sure how long he'll be out for, but I don't think he's going to be there for the Palace game. Well, that's I'm kind of taking the positive from that, and and I know surprise, surprise, I'm looking forward to seeing Mitrovic back. Yeah, but the guy like Mitrovic is in good goal scoring form for club and country um, he hasn't had a yellow card yet this season for club or country I think start with Hosselu absolutely he, he knows the game he's been playing it for for, um, Mike, um, for Rafa Benitez his side for for the season start with him but throw on Mitrovic for the final 20 minutes yeah and I'm with you there I think Hosselu fits in very well with the rest of that front line the link up play <clears throat> in the last game was looking better not just with him but that whole front unit like we talked on the last pod about the passing between Richie Perez 
and even Yedlin overlapping. It does seem like we've mm. got a bit more understanding. We do look like a team that can pass it about a bit more now. So I think yeah. some of that's down to Hosselu. But yeah, I prefer the idea Mitrovic coming on for the last 15 minutes to Gale coming on. Because I just think yeah, that yeah. doesn't seem to work. I know he was injured when he came on in the last game, but it's we just seem to lose the ball so much quicker when we've got Gale. Well, the other the other thing to do is is to talk because I talked up Perez after the Liverpool game. I thought he had a decent game again against Southampton, and you know the goal he took was the cherry on the cake, really, because the rest of rest of what he was doing was just constantly harassing their yeah. their centre halves and their centre backs. Uh, centre midfield rather and I think that with the players that um, the Crystal Palace have like we were talking before the season kicked off that we'd love to have Sacco and he's been playing well and he's the kind of uh, centre half that will enjoy a game against Hosselu because of the physical side of it yeah. won't enjoy like Perez just bothering him all the time um, and certainly if you bring on Mitrovic towards the end of it he'll enjoy that physical battle against Mitrovic as well I think I don't think Hossley will score I think we will I think we'll win I really do I think Crystal Palace was a great result against Chelsea and they deserve credit for it but I I just think we're we're not going to set up and be complacent against Crystal Palace at home um, not under Benitez not with Lascelles not with Shelby not with Hossley not with Pirat I just don't see us taking the foot off the gas. I think Marino will be back on the side, which will give us an additional ball player from centre midfield. Yeah, this is what I was going to... Because I'm not sure what happens with our centre midfield because I do like Perra, uh, not Perra, uh, Shelby and Marino together. At home, that seems quite fair. But then Hayden came in the last game, scored, looked decent. Do you mm. think Benitez might be tempted to stick with him? Because um, there was also actually... We didn't talk about it in the last pod, but towards the end of the Southampton game, we did have Hayden, Marino and Shelby all on at the same time. Well, yeah, but that was after Perez went off. So when we lost that um, and Gale wasn't doing... Because in, in last season, um, Gale wasn't just you know a prolific striker. He was also bothering their centre-halves mm. with his movement, dragging them from left to right and stuff. Because we didn't have that from either the from number nine position or from our number 10 because he went off because he was, frankly, he was knackered. He was exhausted. So when we went with a, a back, uh, sorry, a central midfield three, um, I think it works in that. But against Crystal Palace, we'll be playing with Perez. So if we're playing with Perez, then we need to be playing with either Shelby and Marino or Shelby and Hayden. And I prefer to go with Marino because I think he's a better, like he's a more rounded footballer so it gives you what Hayden can give you in the defensive side of things but he's also calm on the ball good passer good vision um, brilliant in the air which I think is is vital um, especially against a team like Palace who who do tend to play more long balls I think Um, as well he might not be technically as good defensively as Hayden but the fact that he keeps hold of the ball doesn't tend to lose the ball from passes that much in its own way that is defensively a lot more helpful because we're not yeah. just getting the ball pinged back at us when we're stretched out of shape well, it was interesting five minutes. In, in the previous game like our pass percentage was pretty poor 
to be honest. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was about 70%, which is frankly is, is fucking shocking. Why um, don't we look it up and then reveal the actual figure after this short break? See you in a mo. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Dave, are you Googling? I'm nearly there, mate. Just two seconds. You, I can't feel. I'm, not, I'm no early? Fergus Craig. I can't feel professionally. It was, it was 75%. It was 75%. Oh, God. 75%. Yeah. It's not very good. And I think part of that is because we didn't have Marino. Not just because he would have bumped that up. But I think he occupies positions that other players find it easier to find him yeah. um, than, than Hayden. But Hayden's, I'm not having a go on him. I think he's, he, he had a good game. And I think um, he's a good young player. But yeah, start with Marino. I think Marino, um, out of he, all, like Marino, I think even looks more comfortable than Shelby when he receives the ball. He just seems to, he just seems to need less time. He knows exactly <laughs> who's around him. So would you... Um, Speaking of like players who would who would come and who would go. Oh, hang on, you've gone a bit quiet there. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I was asking, would you go back to Kieran Clark or would you stick with Lejeune? I'd stick with Lejeune. I think, despite his one mistake, and it was a bad one, I think he looked impressive in the last game. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, I'd go him and Lasalle, which is harsh on yeah. Kieran Clark, but we've got. We're in a weird position that I can't remember us ever being in. We've got three very good centre backs, and one of them will have to be on the bench. But I would, I would argue and say that Mbemba's not far behind them, and I think, um, I think we're in a we're in a, and ironically, we're in a pretty tr- tricky situation at um, goalkeeper because I think Darlow yeah. is. Roughly the same as Elliot, I think it's centre half. Yeah, and Ember's probably the one, like the the fourth of the four. I, I feel a bit sorry for Mbemba because we said quite recently he'd come in, done okay at left back, and seemed to have turned a corner a bit and seemed to be trusted. Yeah. And now he's back out in the cold again. Because again, at full back, I'd keep Mankio and Yedlin. Yeah. Would you? Hmm. I can't. I can't see me ever wanting to drop Yedlin unless we go off and sign, you know, a young Warren Barton. <laughs> I just. I don't, <laughs> how would that? Uh, like, how would that work? Oh, I don't know. Time travel and shit. Yeah, um, that'd be a I really unambitious use of time travel. <laughs> any, you could kill Hitler, and you'll go and get a young Warren Barton. <laughs> <laughs> um, and on the left. Wing left back position, uh, yeah. Stick with Mankilo, he's been doing yeah. fine. And I'd stick with Adel he looks Shelby like our, our best left back at the minute. Sorry, yeah, no, no, no it's fine. You, you just talk over me, so sorry. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> no, you just Mankilo no, I was just saying, what well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll stop. Uh, the interrupting Paul. Um, and then I'd, other than that, keep it unchanged, you know, uh, Shelby Marino in the center, Perez ahead of him. And um, Hosselu up front. Um, yeah, I wish Jacob Richie Murphy United. was looking like more of a threat to be getting in the team, but he he doesn't look very good so far. I, uh, 
I think once he gets used to Benitez's style, I think he'll look better than than he is doing at the minute. Because you've got to bear in mind, the majority of times he's coming on, it's it's for the final you know fifteen minutes, ten minutes of a game, and because he's a left winger or he's been played out on the right flank, it's it's not a position that you often get the chance to shine. Um, he's not they've got breakneck speed like Atu or Yedlin. Um, he. He, I think he's definitely one for the future, and I don't mind him coming on for like building the time up, getting some confidence. I don't know where Aaron's is. So I don't know what's happening yeah. about that, but he's completely off the... Because he's fit. He's another one like Mitrovic who just isn't getting in the match day squad at the minute. No, there was some um, suggestion on Twitter there's a, a bit of an attitude problem. Oh, really bad. Because I, I see Aaron's being slightly religious on... Twitter, I kind of think, well, he can't have an attitude problem, which <laughs> <laughs> is quite naive. Because no godly people have ever done ever no. done anything awful. Yeah, so he must be a good lad. Exactly. He seems like a sweet kid on on Twitter, and when he's interviewed for the website and stuff. So I don't know. It could it could be. Um, it might just be that he's not very good at taking instructions. Like mm. you know, he wants to, but he just he's not learning his lessons. Could be that. Don't know. Um, I'd does like seem to a fairly sorry <laughs> <laughs> he, he seems quite direct he seems quite like skillful you know he, uh, he's fun to watch but if he's not doing what Benitez says I trust Rafa over Ra- Rolando Aaron so. yeah that Rafa. seems a, a pretty common theme with our fringe players that if they're not trusted to take orders then it doesn't matter how good they are they don't tend to get yeah. in Shelby seems to be the only exception who you sort of feel like if we had an equivalent player, then he wouldn't quite get the chance. Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking about um, what about Marino? Like when when Shelby was out, we were talking about is Shelby going to get back in the side? Mm. I tell you what, once he's got back, now that he is back in the side, he's proven his worth. Um, he is. He's. I still think he's got it in him to do something really stupid. Yeah, um, but he does seem to be. There were a couple of um, incidents in the Southampton game where I thought he was going to flare up or kick out or do something, and I'm I'm convinced that their midfields were told to to rile him up to to get amongst him, but they didn't really seem to put that much pressure on him. I think you he's going to come like up it, against that in every game as well. But it's it's so weird for Newcastle to be in this position where we've got depth in almost every position so that if you do do something stupid you might not get back in the team I don't it's weird certainly, I think that it's certainly something that I think that's part of the reason that Gale hasn't been um, I don't know like hasn't been like he hasn't been first choice I know he's been he's picked up an injury here but even if he even if he came back I wouldn't expect him to start over hostel in that I just I think Hosslew adds more to our game, and I think that Gale's got a bit of an attitude problem when he's not the when he's not the number one striker. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in, uh, by January I wouldn't be surprised if he went to yeah. the championship side where he's going to be the number one striker. You'll get sixteen goals in the second half of the season and, and propel a team that's mucking about the playoff positions into a you know to, to consolidate it. Yeah, uh, I reckon. Yeah. I, I think if you're a top three championship team and you're worried about 
maybe we won't get automatic promotion. 15 to 20 million on Dwight Gale almost guarantees you it. I think Benitez would rather have that money to reinvest than hold on to Gale. Absolutely. And I think, frankly, Mitrovic is a better replacement for Hosselu in the style that we play than Gale is. Because Hosselu does hold up the ball, he's physical, he can he can take a a bit of rough and tumble from the defenders, whereas Gale's more about movement. And I think that while that, that was great in the in the championship where we could draw teams out and we could pull them from side to side and all the rest of it, it's not gonna happen in the Premier League. They're better defenders. We've got a better midfield, they're fitter athletes, just it's not gonna happen. So I think Mitrovic is a better replacement. I still think Hosley's first choice. I'm not yeah. you know I'm not being silly. Just don't be silly, Dave. I'm trying to think anything else we want to talk about before this game. Um, just if, uh, I don't know. If anything, there was, oh, there was, was there not something from Thomas Burkan? I'm sure I saw something about Thomas Burkan. Oh, yeah, I was asking, um, you know, I was, I put out a stupid poll about who do you want as the next owner? Do you want it to be Zuckerberg, Vince McMahon, which was the, the old, uh, link from the I think the God years ago. Um, he's the WWE he put, owner, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's that. Also, co-writer of the film No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. The two of them wrote oh. a film together. <laughs> that makes me what a knowledge him. bomb. Yeah, you know, what a knowledge bomb. Yeah. Um, so Thomas Burkan, uh, regular contributor, uh, said, whoever it might be, I don't want the new owner replacing half the team with £30 million players. I totally love this team as it is. Just let Rafa develop them and add a couple of players in January. And while, you know, love and respect you, Thomas, if we got £30 million players coming in ahead of um, Christian Atsu, I'm all right with that. Sorry. I'm kind of, I'm sort of with him because I, it was like when Man City suddenly had all that money and they were just, suddenly you had Rubinho coming in, all these players who just, you have to then gel a whole team and it tends to put you back about three seasons and you have these players you can't sell on. I mean, I think if someone was going to come, if some magnet was going to come and pump their millions into us, a new top class striker is kind of the big one and a keeper. Yeah. Be the, I think even with those two additions, you're suddenly looking at going an extra five places up the league. Yeah. So I'm not talking about... Because I think with, with Man City is often cited as a case uh, against, um, I don't know, marquee signings. But you've got to bear in mind that part of the reason that they were pulling in like Rubinho was to prove that they were now operating at a high level because they catapulted themselves from... Like Premier League mid-table absolute mediocrity into we are now challenging for the title. Like that was their aim. We can't do that. No matter how much money Saudi Arabian princes throw at us, it's too congested up there for us to do that in as short a space as Man City did. But if somebody comes in and says, "Here's thirty million pound on a winger," "Here's thirty million pound on a, a goalkeeper," and "Here's sixty million pound on a striker." I don't think it'll happen. Um, I'm all right with that because I, I don't see Rafa Benitez buying somebody that would upset his good work with what he's got. You know yeah. what I mean? He, he's not. He's not going to pull. He's not going to. He's not going to buy Musa Soko. Well, you look as well. For, 
what he can do with nine million quid in getting Mikel Marino. Yeah. It would just be nice to see us go up to that next level of signing and see if we can do the equivalent. Sorry, I, yeah, I was in the middle of having, <laughs> having a drink. Um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think that it's one of the biggest selling point, points about Newcastle United right now is the sides all gelled and all nicely together. So, yes, we could add a couple in, in Christmas, but it doesn't need an overhaul. We've got one of the top managers on the planet. We've got a massive stadium. It's in city centre. All our debts to uh, the owner... And so there aren't, you know, loopholes to jump through with like, you know, external creditors or anything like that. There is one big problem that we didn't talk about in the last pod to us getting taken over. And that's the court case against us from HMRC. Yeah. Because we may have committed fraud and could be deducted points or chucked out of the league. I'm not sure I could see anyone buying us until that's been settled. You'd be be mad to really. Yeah, but I think that if we were to get punished, if we're found guilty and we're punished, we'll be punished by the HMRC and it might be a big fine. If we're punished by the FA, it's likely not going to be um, uh, like big point deduction. It might be like five points or something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. But it's it's not. I can't imagine it because a lot of people say, well, what about Rangers? Well, Rangers not only broke the rules, but were broke. And they went into an administration and they couldn't exit administration. Um, what's the word? Like, they couldn't come to an agreement about how to exit administration. So they were, they were wound up. That won't happen to us because we're not broke. So if and a potential new owner, um, looking at that, would just stick an indemnity clause in it. And say, well, if there's a massive fine for your business, like for what you did while you were here, that's on you, pal. Like, I'll buy the club for 380, 400 million pounds. But if, if I'm hit with a 10 million pound fine because of your, um, you know, naughtiness, then you're paying it. And if Ashley is keen to sell, which it sounds like he is, you know, promising that you can spread the cost over and that the new owners can, you know, give a little bit of money now, buy some players in the January window, give a little money after and all the rest of it and split that. And, you know, he's apparently lowering his asking price. He sounds like he wants to sell. So if somebody came in and said, look, I want an indemnity clause, I think he'd be all right with that because I think he'd just, well, Mike Ashley would find ways to get around it himself. Yeah, I think we'd um, see Mike Ashley and Newcastle United in court again for, what would it be, the third time now? If it happens again in the future, but let, yeah, well, let's be positive. We might yeah, get a new and owner. And should we do predictions for the Palace game? We haven't yet, but let's do it. Let's do it. After you, well, <laughs> I was going to say Fergus Craig's going to go one-one. Yeah, Craig Classic. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say two-nil. I'm going to say two-one. Oh, yeah. Fancy that. Actually, no, 1-0, 1-0. 1-0, okay. And I'm going to say Richie's going to open his account. I don't think he's scored yet, has he? I'm not sure. Well, our top scorers are Hosselu and Lascelles, both on two. (laughs) So (laughs) that's after our eight games. I think 
uh, Richie is going to score, and I think Mitrovic is going to score. Ooh. But Mitrovic will score in like the last five minutes or so. So I reckon two nil Richie and the big dog. I like it. I think Rob yeah. Elliott's going to score <laughs> and one nil. Yeah. God, if that so, happens, I'll be so annoyed I didn't put a bet on it. Oh, just yeah, Richie hasn't scored yet. I was right. Ah. Well, let's hope. Okay, okay. I think that's everything from us for this week. But do join us again next week. And don't forget to like us on iTunes. And do get in touch if you've got any questions for next week's pod. Where we yeah. will... Do we have Fergus back next week? I don't know if he's back next week. I should be around, but I'm in Bath. So you might need to phone me in Bath. Uh-huh. Taps yeah. end or <laughs> other end? <laughs> oh, God, it's late. Yeah, go and have a pint, mate. Okie doke. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Cheers, Paul. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. Uh, Goodbye. This is a Playback Media production. To get all the links for this podcast, go to newcastlepodcast.com. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.